0: More more oh Bork banana fanna for 4 Fee V5 for more, more oh man I didn't know the microphone was on. Frog in my throat literally hi welcome to wizard on wizard sound only edition episode three we got a real good episode for you now i think i'm finally getting a hold of this podcasting thing it's not so hard you just have to do it a few times figure out how it works and then make changes based on what you found out that's how you get improvement anyway this is a pretty special episode we get to interview Merwin, the pet psychic, who's a psychic pet from the Saturday Evening Ghost. He's here with the help of a translator, because um, he's a cat, and cats can't talk, and if he can't talk, an interview's kind of weird. So we got a translator here, and we're going to see what Merwin has to say about being a psychic pet, and a pet psychic, and being a cat, and all kinds of other things. Also, a witch is back. I don't know what she's talking about. I was there talking to her, and I don't even know what I was talking about. I guess I don't know what we were talking about. But anyway, that's here too, and it's going to be pretty fun. In addition to all that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ghost. And then we interview my friend Samurai Rob. He has his own podcast called Undressing Underground. You can check it out at undressingunderground.com. I haven't recorded the interview yet, so I don't know what we talk about, but he's a good kid, so it's going to be good. Today, our sponsor is the Girl Scout Troop 436. They want you to know about the upcoming werewolf hunt. I'll let them explain it for you. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Girl Scout Troop 436
0: presents its annual
1: werewolf hunt. As you may have been aware, the werewolf herd in our community has gotten a little too large for the surrounding forests and wooded areas. Many people are reporting finding werewolves eating all their tomatoes and ruining their garden fences and also eating their flowers and breaking into their homes and dismembering family members, tearing them limb from limb and eviscerating them. They are also found in traffic in fact, werewolf-related car accidents have been up 77% since the new real estate developments have been built in town. This must stop. We must do something if no one else will. Join us Saturday at St. Cyprian Church as we pass out and blessed silver bullets and matching rifles in order for you to join us on a county-wide werewolf hunt. The fun starts at 6 p.m. and ends the following morning when the sun rises and all the werewolves turn back into people. We hope to see you there.
0: That's not at all like the Girl Scout troop my sister used to belong to. So that was our sponsor today, along with, as always, the saturdayeveningghost.com. You can find them at Saturday Evening Ghost. Dot com, That's where you can find this podcast and all kinds of other things like Merwin's Column, uh, the video show version of Wizard on Wizen, all your favorite modern old timey serial fiction like the Joneses who are a bounty hunting couple who keep getting in trouble with old memories and the Samurai which is about um, a guy who is a really good sword fighter when he's high on psychedelics and there's some other superheroes that help him out too. So, that's what's going on there. Maybe you should check it out. Right now, I want to talk about something I know about. That's one of the improvements I made. I was trying to talk about magic, and I don't really know what that is. But I do know what ghosts are. They're a pain in the ass. Ghosts are just one kind of spirit. And spirits are um, things that don't have bodies, but seem to be seem to have some kind of sentient intelligence. Not everybody agrees that spirits are real. In fact, ever since we got electricity, most people don't even bother believing in them. But they're here. I know that for sure. And so do a lot of other people. Maybe you're one of those people. I don't know. I don't know you. You're just listening to this. Anyway. We define that spirits are intelligences that don't have bodies. An example of a spirit is a ghost. There's a couple of different kinds of ghosts. All ghosts are dead people. But some are better at being ghosts than others. A lot of ghosts just jerks. And some ghosts aren't. I don't know. You just gotta meet them. Another kind of spirit is a deity. These aren't dead people. They're just kind of there. They're all the gods and demigods and angels and the Loa and the Eresha. And they're like big strong ghosts that can do you favors if you give them things. Or they can make your life rotten if you don't give them things. So it's a little tricky. And only they know the rules. So I don't know. Maybe get a book from the library before you go messing around with that. And then another kind of spirit are demons. Demons are known for possessing people and causing trouble. I don't like them too much. One of the most famous demons is Satan. I've never met him. But judging from the rest of the demons i met, <coughs> I don't know. They're not worth it either. So if you see a demon, I don't know, stay away from it. Move to the other side of the street. Lock your car door or something. You don't need that jazz. After demons, the other kind of spirit is like nature spirits. Nature spirits aren't gods, and they don't come from dead people. They come from the planet. They're like, that's where you get your fairies, and your gnomes, and your sliffs, and your undines, and your mermaids, and your zephyrs, and the the list goes on and on. So, that's all non-wizards need to know about spirits. It's probably more than most wizards need to know too. Well, I hope you learned something. Now I'm going to tell you another thing. It's um, about why you shouldn't wear sweatpants. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to Storytime Time. Today on Storytime Time, I'm going to tell you about the last time I wore sweatpants. Sweatpants are a controversial garment, and with good reason. Many people have a negative opinion of them. And that's fine with me. We start today's story with an investigation of, what are sweatpants? And if you're reading along, you'll notice that this is bold and in the center. That draws your attention to it and lets you know what you're going to learn in the next couple paragraphs. So Wikipedia says this about sweatpants. (coughs) Sweatpants are a casual variety of soft trousers intended for comfort or athletic purposes although they are now worn in many different situations. Because of their comfort and fashionable varieties, they have become one of the most commonly worn items of clothing. In Britain, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, they are known as tracksuit bottoms, jogging bottoms, or joggers, fat pants, track pants, trackies, or tracky bottoms. In Australia, they are also commonly known as trackie decks, it should be noted that the article about sweatpants from Wikipedia is in danger of being removed because there are no sources to back up the claims that sweatpants are a casual variety of soft trousers intended for comfort or athletic purposes. I'm just telling you that in the interest of full disclosure. I'd like to let you know where I get my information. So here's my reason for hating sweatpants. There are many reasons for hating sweatpants. I have my own special reasons. Once upon a time, there was nothing I could find wrong with sweatpants. Then came that one day that changed my life and opinion of sweatpants forever. I can remember that day like it was earlier this week. I was old enough to go outside and young enough to appreciate the beauty of being old enough to go outside. My friend had stopped by to show me his new bike and we went for a ride on it. A ride that changed my life forever. Somewhere down the street, we hit a bump and, well, I kind of fell off the bike and, long story short, my penis ended up being crushed by the rear brake pads of the bike. I wish I didn't have to tell you that. I wish this was just a whimsical tale of a childish fancy, but I can't sit here trying to add a heartwarming narrative to a tale that involves blasting a scab off my bruised and bloodied Richard portal every time I had to use the bathroom back in, the des- back in December of 85. So that's why I hate sweatpants. But it wasn't all bad. I did learn some powerful lessons from the ordeal. Five lessons to be exact. Here are the five things I've learned from having my penis almost ripped off by a bicycle. Number 1. Pain improves memory function The day I got my penis mangled by a bicycle is etched into my brain pretty deeply. There's no escaping the memories. I can remember the episode of Spencer for Hire I watched as I debated crawling up the steps and hoping I could find a bathroom from my haze of tears before I passed out from the pain. I can remember the ceramic penis-shaped novelty sperm bank my mother mother purchased at Spencer Gifts for a party that evening. I remember being glad my dick wasn't made out of ceramic. I can remember just about everything that happened from the time the bike hit the curb until the next day. I can't see too much of a practical use for supercharging the memory by inducing horrible pain, but I guess it depends. The second thing I learned about this was that most medical problems can be solved with ointments and moxie. When my Wang was crushed and mangled by a bicycle, I didn't go to no doctor, and neither should you. There's nothing science can do for most injuries, except waste your time. So when you have one of those injuries, just skip the hospital and go straight to sucking it up and walking it off. Many people looked at my wang that day, and not one of them was a doctor, and not one of them needed to be, to tell me how sorry they were that they insisted on seeing it. I got a roll of gauze and a tube of ointment and a book about John Wayne. And I guess that was enough back then. The third thing I learned is that The gift of crippling pain is humility. This one should explain itself. When a person goes through a horrible, painful ordeal, it can either make them cold and impartial to the suffering of others, like when a member of the women's dart team declares that you don't know pain until you give birth, which is untrue. A more true statement would be, you don't know what giving birth is like until you give birth to a child. Now that is a true statement but it's useless for falsely acquiring and fostering a world view where you are something other than a drunkie unha- drunken, unhappy martyr. The other way to look at it is to remember that there were times when you too were so embarrassed and crippled by pain, and act accordingly. It's not that hard to do. I just want to give you a minute to reflect upon this story so far. The mental image of a young boy's penis being crushed in a bicycle brake pad is probably disturbing for some of you. I know what you mean so we're going to move on now. The fourth thing I've learned is that freedom of movement comes at the cost of stopping power. I might have learned this from Dungeons and Dragons more so than I did from this incident. Say for example you are an elf and you're playing basic Rule Set because you're also six. That means if you're an elf you can cast magic spells and use swords and also a bow and an arrow. So when you're six and you're playing Dungeons and Dragons you're an elf like all the time. Now wielding a sword involves close combat where your character might get hurt so you want to wear some metal armor but that's going to bite you in the ass when it comes to using your bow and the arrows and the magic because it cuts down on your dexterity and makes it harder to move. So, from an early age, I was aware that one can be safe and slow, or quick and useful, but not both. This is why Elven Chainmail is a much sought-after item. It gives the protection of Chainmail, but without the dexterity penalty when casting spells or using ranged weapons. Non-magical studded leather is statistically the next best choice, but people look at you funny when you mention it. So the fifth lesson I learned that was a secret lesson that was just for me, and I won't cheapen it by sharing it with you. I hope you understand. That's the five reasons that I don't like wearing sweatpants. And while I can't recommend genital mutilation as a path to inner illumination, I I can recommend that if it does happen to you, it's best to try and find five lessons you've learned from it instead of joining the Women's Dart League.
2: This cookie to stick to like two
1: to two layers of skin.
2: This is my. I'm open. I'm open to your thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. A little. It just. You really need. You're laying there. We have an intimate food situation is about to happen and I, we both want these cookies to be safely adhered so that you can move about freely without having to worry about um, compromising the intimacy of the situation. I don't want your cookies to fall off before your cookies are ready. You don't want that either. That is embarrassing.
0: That's not what I want.
2: But what... (laughs) What we need here is a is a safe, scientifically sexual, easily biological intimacy solution. How are we gonna stick these cookies?
1: I don't I'm not sure I know what you're talking about anymore.
2: (laughs) If you do, you know. If you just get your brain out of it. So uh-uh. in the past couple of minutes, we, we briefly reviewed uh, Trident, soaking just the base of the cookies in hot butter,
0: I
1: don't soaking
2: know you in hot butter, and then hoping that the moisture would bond.
0: I don't want to do that.
2: Uh, candle Hot hot sexy candle wax. That sounds okay. I think that might be our best bet.
0: Yeah. I hope your mom doesn't listen to this.
2: I think, um. I'm thinking cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm
0: hmm. Why, why not cottage cheese?
2: Again, with the texture.
0: hmm.
2: You need right. something. Yeah. Goes into your first two layers of skin.
0: The epidermis. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first layer of skin. Look it up.
2: You think you only have one layer of skin?
0: I think I do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about other You're a people.
2: Mad man. That's why I love you. I just watched you file off half your finger half an hour ago.
0: Those for tax reasons.
2: Who's mm-hmm. <laughs> your tax finger?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Hi. So today, I'm talking to Samurai Rob. He has his own podcast called Undressing Underground. And one of the things I like about it is he doesn't have to use a funny voice in order to have a podcast. He can just kind of be himself. I always found that kind of amazing. So, Rob, I wanted to know, how do you not use a funny voice?
4: Um, God, it's so weird hearing you do that voice now. (laughs) I'm just talking to you, especially.
3: I know. Um... You know, like, all my voices. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I know. Like your pre-podcast radio shows, I know your old music, and I know you as a teacher. And um, um, how do I do? I don't know. I just like get self-conscious if I like try to do a character. Like, it just makes me feel uh, feel like ill and um, and fake, and I hate it. <laughs> and so
3: weird. Um, because it's yeah, the opposite um, for me. When I pretend I'm somebody else, then it's easier for me to be sincere. What if nobody likes the person you're pretending to be? Well, then you could just throw it away and make up a new pretend person. Fair enough. So how long have you been doing your podcasting?
4: Uh, On and off since April or May uh,
3: 2015, I guess. So like just over two years, I guess, more or less. Wow. I've only done three and it's becoming more and more of a pain in the ass every month. Um, no, I'm,
4: I know. Like, I, uh, I've i only – I mean, it's been two years. I was doing them weekly. Then I was doing two, two a week, Um, and then I was doing it biweekly, and now I've just been doing it whenever I feel like it. So I totally understand that.
3: Yeah. How's the doing it whenever you're feeling like it, working out?
4: Uh, I mean, not great because I almost never feel like it. <laughs> like, I just constantly feel like I need to, like, get back in the swing of it to actually – approach anybody I want to talk to like I still don't want to reach back out to the founder of the church of the subgenius and stuff and that was a good he episode he wasn't on it <laughs>
3: <laughs> that doesn't mean I didn't <laughs> hear it
4: but fair enough but yeah I emailed him and uh, he was responsive and then uh I just stopped doing this topic. <laughs> I never reached back out to him so I was like I'll do a few and then I'll email him again and say like hey do you still want to do this and then I just never
3: did so you think you have to get back into doing a podcast every week so you can be in podcast podcasting shape to do one whenever you feel like it? At least, like,
4: every other week. Like, at least some kind of consistency instead of – I mean, we did a number back in, like, January. It uh, started, like – I guess it think one end of December that I never actually uploaded, uh, the Christmas episode then. Sarah Century – and I, along with one by my girlfriend Katie, we did like four or five at the beginning of the year.
3: That's pretty impressive. Um, That's almost double the amount I've done. So <laughs> what happens on your podcast? I mean, I've heard it, but I don't want to tell the people what it's like. I'd rather you tell them.
4: Uh, I mean, what happens on it? I don't know. I mean, there's been interviews of weird people. There's been a... Uh, um, interviews, like, mostly, like, just sort of underground people that I don't, that don't really seem to get a lot of attention, even though, like, sometimes I'll set up an interview and then I'll look into them, like, Brian Lewis Saunders, and I'll see he's been profiled by, uh, what's that guy's name who did, a? Uh, who was in that, that band with Frank, something bottom, side bottom or something, with um. the big fake head, and he wrote the book about psychopaths. You got um, me there. I don't know. John Rochman or something? I don't know. But uh yeah, I mean I'll see like all of a sudden people like him or the guy who did the chiptune version of Dark Side of the Moon had like an explosion of coverage at one point and then sort of leveled off. Huh. Um but uh yeah, like last of that, I talked to a bunch of people that uh there's a period where I was talking to people who wrote posted poems on in this connection section of Craigslist. <laughs> that, that sounds like a lot of fun. It who was
3: the I mean, weirdest person?
4: The weirdest? Yeah. God, they're all so fucking weird. I mean, there's, like, the guy... Like, I love all my guests, um, but, like...
3: That's true. It is fair to ask you to pick a favorite one.
4: No, yeah, I'm not going to pick a favorite, but, I mean, some of the weirdest, like, I think, obviously, the first one's with Laura Squirrel, who, uh, who, among other things, well, she does, like, a noise... She's a noise musician and does like a noise festival in the middle of nowhere in Indiana for like just the people that perform basically To a livestock auction house and uh she does like grindcore like uh anal cunt, but on a piano um and about uh this the fan fiction she writes about this obscure eighties cartoon of anthropomorphic animals uh playing cards and she uh, what
3: what did the animals do? They make uh, their own um, line of greeting cards?
4: No, they were from a line. There was a line of greeting cards in the 80s called the Get Along Gang.
3: Oh, yeah, and I love the Get Along Gang. Caboose Moose was one of my favorites.
4: Really? I have yeah. never anybody else that knew about it. I never knew about it before her. But yeah, she loved it. She's obsessed with it. There's like, like one season of the show. You go to her place, it's like a shrine of, of Get Along Gang uh, memorabilia. And uh she writes fan fiction about it, as them as teenagers, like Rugrats all grown up, except they like are in metal bands and like lesbians and trans and stuff, and for fact, um she, she writes like grindcore music on piano about her versions of those characters from that obscurities
3: cartoon. I've heard some weird things, but that kind of takes the cake. you think her mom's yeah, really proud of her?
4: um her mom came to the metal, came to the noise shows.
3: That's pretty cool. Usually parents yeah. don't support that kind of chicanery.
4: I get that. But yeah, they should be like all the food too, the one time when I filmed it and everything. They shouldn't support it enough.
3: Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's good that that's happening out there. We don't hear enough about nice things. So, do you believe in magic?
4: Uh, in what
3: way? That's a very good question, because I've been trying to figure that out myself. Yeah. But are Um, samurais the same as wizards? Do you have magic powers available to you, or do you just have to practice with your sword all the time?
4: I gave away that sword, I think, that you gave me, like, 15 years ago.
3: (laughs) So you're a swordless samurai? That's what swords do. You just give them to people. They travel around the world, like the um, traveling pants.
4: I remember you told me that, yeah, when you get it to me, you're like, you just, uh, you don't buy swords, you're just giving them, so I'm giving you the sword, <laughs> so you could be a secret mind samurai or whatever it was in monsterology.
3: <laughs> that was true, yeah, before I was a wizard, I was a reverend with my own religion. <laughs> I
4: <laughs> almost put it down the political party once, and I was registering to vote for the first time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> religion and politics, they go hand in hand. Nothing ever goes wrong <laughs> when they get together. <laughs> So thanks for being on the show. Is there anything you want to uh, plug? Um,
4: dressingunderground.com, um, bloodloaf.bandcamp.com. I'll hopefully, have something new up there soon. Bloodloaf. Yeah, bloodloaf.bandcamp.com. Cool. And uh, you can just search for things I've done on YouTube, like Indiana Noise Fest.
3: Well, that's right, because you make movies too. I almost forgot to ask kind of. you about them. Kind of. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can kind of call them movies. What do you make?
4: Uh, I mean, there's a documentary about the Indiana Noise Fest. Can people uh, see that
3: on YouTube or somewhere else on the yep.
4: internet? Yep, it's on YouTube. It's been viewed there many times. I've done like music videos for Rescue and Secret Police, done different short films like Practice Date.
3: Practice um, Date. That sounds yeah. pretty funny.
4: <laughs> or kind of. I mean it was from the perspective of a lesbian whose straight friend whose straight male friends like take her out on practice dates.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that's not a, a series on uh, adult swim by now.
4: I don't know, I mean that could be, I guess, yeah. <laughs> and what else? Oh, you got to search for like how to make better cookies than your dead grandmother. If you want to see how I make really good cookies.
3: Is that the one where you had the camera strapped to your head and you're walking around the house drinking and making cookies?
4: Yes. Very influenced <laughs> by that show.
3: That is one of my favorite films of all time. <laughs> you <laughs> and would, I guess maybe how I learned how, how to people. make cookies. So really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put the links to some of this stuff in the show notes so people can go find it. Um, we're okay. kind of out of time. Merwin's here for his interview. He's, um, I don't know if you know about him, he's a cat, but he's psychic, and he works as a pet <laughs> psychic. Like, uh, I don't
4: know if I was going to say, like, I was going to say a centaur, I guess, but was—that's almost like a pet psychic.
3: Right, but he's a person. Merwin's yeah, already I mean, a cat, so he kind of has the inside scoop. Into what? So he's we're gonna interview him <laughs> as soon as I hang up with you. Ask him what it's like to be a psychic cat that works as a pet psychic, and then we'll probably he talk to the pet psychic yeah, he answers he has his own column at the Saturday Evening Ghost where people write in about what's going on with their pets, and then he travels to the spirit realm and talks to the pet spirit guides and comes back with answers about what. <laughs> Whatever the problem is, haven't you ever read a, an advice column? No, that's good. You should keep it that way. It's gone <laughs> this long; no reason to start now.
4: Uh, I'm I'm wondering about this cat though. Like, like what if, like what is the kind of advice he's getting from pet people in the psychic world?
3: Well, for example. Um, one little boy rode in because he has two cats and he wanted them both to sleep in bed with him but only one cat slept in the bed with him and it kind of made him sad so he asked Merwin and Merwin visited his cats in the spirit world and he found out that the reason that they both don't sleep in bed is because one cat sleeps in bed to protect the little boy and the other cat roams the house making sure no monsters sneak in that way
4: okay.
3: even though the little boy doesn't have both cats, he has a less chance of being eaten by monsters at night. So, like... And then Merwin tells the little boy that in his column. And then, assumably, the little boy feels better.
4: So, like, the cats couldn't help, like, Chris Cornell last week or anything?
3: No. No, he doesn't deal with people. He only is a pet psychic. Not a regular... Lots of people ask him that, though.
4: Yeah. What to do with their lives and uh, not be in pain
3: all the time. Yeah. He doesn't really have those answers. All right. Good to know. Like most psychics, he only has slightly less useful answers. All right. Well, thanks for coming by, Rob. And we'll talk to you soon. All
4: right. Talk to you soon.
0: Now it's time to talk to Merwin. Merwin Smith is a columnist at the Saturday Evening Ghost. He's also a cat, which is a little bit unusual, and he's a psychic. Not only that, he's a pet psychic, which is completely amazing. I was lucky enough to be able to talk to him for a few minutes. (laughs) So, before we start the interview, I just wanted to tell you about Merwin and who he is, what he does here. So, hi, Marwan. Thanks for being here. Um, Do you mind telling the people at home listening a little bit about your early life as a kitten? I saw that Throwback Thursday picture of you. It was pretty adorable.
5: I was born under the dumpster of a Costco parking lot. Some lady put me in a box and left me on the doorstep of Professor Button's School for Gifted Kittens. There I was taught to harness my psychic pet powers.
0: Professor Buttons? That was one of my favorite comic books. I had no idea it was a real place. How long did you stay there?
5: I left there when I was three and joined a traveling flea circus. Then I joined the New York State Renaissance Fair as a paw reader until I got into an altercation with the Falcon. He tried to eat me, but since he had seniority, everybody took his side.
0: I used to work at that same Renaissance Fair myself. And the same thing happened to me. That falcon is a jerk. The hawk's not much better, either. And all the parrots are nuts. After you left the fair, then what did you do?
5: So then I decided it was time to put my talents to work for me and started the psychic pet pet the psychic shack. My reputation grew, and Uncle Mort asked me if I'd do a column in his magazine. At first, I wasn't sure if I could take on one more thing in my bowl. But his cat, Estella, talked me into it.
0: Interesting. Can we back up a bit? I'd like to hear more about your time in the circus.
5: Well, after I left school, I was a bit lost as to what I should do with my life. A life of peddery didn't seem appealing at the time. I was a young kitten, and purring in some spinster's lap seemed like a fate worse than death. So I joined the flea circus. What did
0: you do in the flea circus?
5: At first mostly side shows like The Oddities Tent, but eventually worked my way up to the center ring.
0: You performed in the center ring?
5: I was the center ring. After that I worked in an occult shop, but only for a week. I got fired for drinking all the Saint Zita's floor wash.
0: That stuff's nasty. You didn't get sick?
5: It was just water and mint leaves.
0: Every month you get some pretty neat letters from my readers. Um, and you give some pretty good advice to him, too. Are there any letters that you haven't been able to answer, or just didn't want to?
5: Uh, yes. There was one lady who couldn't tell why her cat was so depressed. She went on to describe all the lovely sweaters and shoes she dressed him up in and make him pose for pictures and cute little outfits. At that point, she had answered her own question. You don't need a psychic to tell you why your cat is depressed. Another letter was from a man whose acupuncturist told him that if he wanted a truly woke kitty, he would put him on a strict vegan diet. He wanted to know why his cat would just lie in one spot unresponsive. He figured out on his own that it was dead, but he later wrote in asking me to contact Katy Perry in the afterlife. In the professional psychic industry, We make it a policy to never give bad news without blunting it or spinning it in a positive way. There was no way to put a good spin on the things Mr. Perry said about him.
0: Some people aren't very self-aware.
5: I find people often go to psychics and fortune tellers when they're running out of ways to ignore the obvious on their own. Same goes for psychiatry, bartenders, priests... Push down the anxiety with pills, booze, fundamentalism, what have you.
0: How do you deal with your own anxiety?
5: I am a cat.
0: Are you into nip? I have some if you'd like it.
5: I am set. I just got my medical catnip card.
0: I didn't know they had those. You mentioned Stella earlier. Do you know her before she convinced you to take the job at SEG?
5: No, that was the first we had spoken, but I always thought she had a nice tail.
0: Are you friends now?
5: Why, because we are both cats?
0: No, I just meant... because you guys work together.
5: Let's just say co-workers. We work in the same office. She makes this putrid made hand lotion she wears all the time. Every time she comes back from the litter box, the litter is stuck to the lotion and she tracks it all over the office. And she is constantly microwaving her tuna. I am spending a fortune on fair trade sage to keep that place clean.
0: I've noticed that about her. She seems nice and all, but there's just something off, you know? I bought a sack of her foot made lotion for a witch, and it gave her a rash. She had to go to the witch doctor and have a patch of zombie skin exfoliated.
5: Mort had buried her alive in a pet cemetery. I can't imagine what that kind of necromantic process has on someone who is not dead. Are they double alive? Twice undead? That's one mine I refuse to read.
0: I hear you. Reading minds is more trouble than it's worth sometimes. Minds are like books. Can't read all of them, and you shouldn't. I've noticed your column banner says that you have a PhD, but most people write it P, H, and then they put the period and in D. But you write it different. You write P, and then the period, and then HD. Is there any significance to that?
5: It stands for Pet Has Degree. The white man won't accreditate pet degrees. I had to go to France in order to become educated. Things are different in France for people and the cats.
0: What did you study there? Did you major in pet psychicking?
5: Liberal Arts. In contemporary feline literature focusing on the work of the early Calico school.
0: Huh. And you managed to find a job? That's the most impressive thing I've ever heard.
5: That's why I am a psychic.
0: That makes sense to me. So what I wanted to ask you about was...
5: Uh, no, Mr. Teebles, stop eating my sandalwood. I am sorry. My cat is misbehaving.
0: You have a cat? Isn't that like a cross between cannibalism and slavery?
5: But, how dare you, this interview is over.
0: Okay, well, thanks for stopping by, Merwin. It was really interesting talking to you, and I look forward to your next call. Jeez, that was a big episode. I hope you had as much fun as I did. I wanna thank Samurai Rob, A Witch, Merwin, uh Girl Scout Troop four thirty-six for making this possible this week. <coughs> saturdayeveningghost.com for their continued support and who else do we thank let's see if we thank a witch a Rob uh, Merwin uh, let's not forget Ben Zudu who does the awesome music every week thanks Ben that's it for episode 3 we'll see you again in episode 4 so long